talk about sharing stories. That's what I do. I'm a storyteller by trade. Oh, I see. You're a, you're a writer? Well, <laughs> I'm a podcaster. What on earth is that? Begins. Again. Ha ha ha. Pitter patter. Let's get her. Welcome back to the March and Mitch show. It is January 26th and holy shit, guys, it snowed in Marion County. Mm-hmm. It did. It I is, made a teeny tiny little baby snowman. It is beautiful. Ah, it was so nice driving to the Roths and having all the local moms gawk at me as I shop through the aisles looking for beer and snacks. It's been a fucking great day and I get to do my podcast now with my favorite producer showrunner Mitchell Herring and my favorite co-star Celine Santa's Pond, the three of us make a trifecta, a triumvirate. We are the Triforce of Podcasts. Uh, oh. Tonight, we're going to talk to you about Gucci Highwater's new album, Jokes on You, also known as Joy. Celine Santa's Pond is going to talk to you about Joe Biden and all the fun stuff that's happening uh, in Joe Biden's world, which is his new Disney Channel original TV show. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, we're going to talk to Mitchell about a... So if we do an old movie, it's Nostalgia Trip, but for the new kids and the new kids on the block, if we're going to talk about a new film, we're doing cinema slang. See me pull up with the drip. Let's go for it. We're going to talk to you about the Haley Jill Osment, Johnny Depp, and Justin Long film, Tusk. I assure you the film was pure nightmare <laughs> incarnate. Nightmare I deal. will I will be having tremors and shakes and bad bad dreams for many many weeks here. Yeah. I don't think I can ever look at a walrus the same again. <laughs> it's not it's tainted. It's not technically a horror movie. It's I guess it's classified as a a horror comedy, but <laughs> I get that. Though. Yeah, it did have its it's definitely funny bits. Right, but it's uh I mean, I think you got to pull comedy out. It's not a comedy. It's pure nightmare fuel. Yeah, with enough laughs that you don't like just actively just shit yourself on the couch and die. Yeah. Good times. Moving forward with the show, we're going to talk to you about our new music segment. This is our album reviews with Alex. Let's keep it amazing on the show. We're talking about a artist we like on the show that we've actually seen in person, all three of us. We're talking about Gucci Highwaters. This is the kid. He is the Justin Bieber of email rap, signed to Epitaph Records. He's an emotional R&B artist, does a bit of sad rap, hip-hop, emo, and rock. He's had hit albums like Post Death. His newest record, Joy, which stands for Jokes on You, is out on Epitaph Records. He's had an EP with Softar as well as Ninetales. And he's also pretty much done lots of features in the sad rap alternative scene. He's a frequent collaborator of uh, my guy, JV. I was lucky enough to meet Morgan, Gucci Highwaters, <laughs> as well as JV, Lil Lotus, and Smart Death uh, on their fucking triple headliner tour. We went to the Paris Theater over in Portland, and it was a fucking rager. Except for Gucci. He was not pleased to find out that the, the 21 and over section is segregated. Mitchell knows all about this with his famous double-fisted whiskey drink. Oh, yeah. Slammed, down, <laughs> slammed it down the hatch like a fucking champ. I forgot about that. Hey. I'm, I'm sure you did. That, that <laughs> bouncer sitting in the 21 line who was uh, like letting people in was not amused. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, lo he looked at me when I had my whiskey. Oh, you can't come in here. Hold on. It's like straight out of Archer's like, one second. Gloop. Gloop, gloop. Okay. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he goes, all right, you can go in, but don't do that again. Yeah. Don't pull the shit again. <laughs> the bouncer was like, you can't come in here. And Mitchell was like, oh, yeah, bet. Yeah. My second experience seeing Gucci with Celine and Mitchell was a fucking banger. I'll never forget that night. That's where I was with another alum from the show, Garden, as well as another sad rap artist, Lund. Also check out Corey Wells. And uh, as we, like, we always like to do on our music segment, go check out all of the March and Mitch show local artists. Check out Jesse Tumalo and at Save Bandit Band on Spotify and Apple Music. Check out my band at Swiss Army Wife on Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Music. And of course, check out Demi God Ayari, our favorite local hip hop artist. That's Ayari on Spotify, Apple Music, and other streaming platforms. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure listening to this album. It's cool. It's produced really, really high well. Um, it does not sound like a SoundCloud rapper made this. And to my knowledge, uh, Gucci actually did a lot of producing on this in Los Angeles. He's famous for being a, 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 a Irish, apparently. His mm. family's from there. He lived there for like two years, but is mostly from L.A. and New York. 
And I just remember seeing his face when he found out he couldn't hang out with the rest of the crew at the show because he's only 20 years old back oh. then. So it would have been 2018. And he just looks like he's got this sad kid face on. Like he's like, it's like his fucking home alone. Mm-hmm. Like he's like the home alone kid. And like, I just felt bad for him. But like, we talked to him like, dude, you're so fucking talented. And he just really, really, I've seen this artist grow for the last couple of years from the show I saw with Selena Mitchell to seeing just the kind of the humble road trip tour he did with Smart Death and Little Lotus. Uh, during his set, you know, the Paris Theater has a pretty good sound system, but I could kind of feel like he was kind of still discovering his voice, uh, his vocal talents and kind of working with his set and the mix and learning to kind of sound good live. Um, I kind of feel like back then he was still kind of discovering himself and I was like, okay, cool. This kid's still kind of finding his voice. He's finding his, you know, sea legs. We go to see Gucci Highwaters on another triple headliner with Lund and Garden and I'm like, okay, let's see what he can do. It's been like about a year and the kid absolutely crushes it. Do not fucking sleep on Gucci Highwaters. This kid is talented as hell. He's got collabs with JV. The song of the week that we're going to talk to you about with Gucci Highwaters is called Rock Bottom featuring Nothing Nowhere off his new release, Jokes on You from Epitaph Records. And this is our track of the week, Rock Bottom. I can't believe you've done this. So come let me down, come on let me down to the rock bottom, bottom to rock bottom. And down if we drown, I'll stick around even as an awesome, awesome. Even if you're falling, 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 you could keep falling, calling, calling, you keep calling, calling me down. Come on let me down to the rock bottom, bottom to rock bottom. I can't help you up, I'll be there waiting. Gucci Highwater is featuring one of our favorite artists, Nothing Nowhere, straight out of Vermont. We'll be talking about the other representative of Vermont, possibly later on the show, but we have to talk about Joe Biden first. But maybe one of these days we can talk about our favorite Bernie memes. Because he's been photoshopped into some good ones, including a few Nothing Nowhere albums. And much uh, like in those pictures, he will be making a surprise guest appearance tonight. Not in person, unfortunately. That'd be awesome. But there will be a little bit of Bernie. What'd oh. you think of the track? I dude, I loved it. I I feel like I say this every week because you always pick stuff that I already like have I'm a little bit familiar with and love it. But excellent choice again. And I was thinking, because you mentioned how you could kind of hear more of him finding his voice and his sound. And I think that this track really demonstrates that well. Cause I was just thinking of how they're always as much as I've always loved Gucci, I always felt there was a little bit of something missing kind of tying the vocals to the beat. 
And I feel found that for this one, I think that he had a really effective use of the beat in coordination with his voice. And it just, it felt much more unique and much more him. And it, I think that he, like you said, has really been finding his voice. And I think this album demonstrates that a lot. That is fucking killer. And I agree too. I've, I've seen that journey for him as an artist. And uh, I really do respect that opinion a lot. Because if you do listen to the track, you have this beautiful, beautiful fucking alternating guitar riff. That sounds like really like something I'm pretty sure, you know, if it wasn't by JV or a different producer, it sounds like it would be a nothing nowhere guitar. If I could see Joe with the Telecaster in the studio whipping that up. Totally. I have been dreaming for the day that fucking nothing nowhere and Gucci Hotwaters do a collab song. And it's easily my favorite track on the fucking record. Um, the album was kind of, you know, created during COVID. So it was definitely a weird time for Gucci. Um you know, according to my research, uh, you know, he was he lived in L.A. for a year, but then he moved back to New York for two months. And that was during the initial COVID mm-hmm. shutdown. So it was the perfect time to work on an album. And yeah. he just really, right. you know, just kind of did the thing and just, you know, got back to doing, you know, you know, your typical quarantine shenanigans like making snacks at 3 a.m., making grilled cheese at 3 a.m., <laughs> dreaming about grilled cheese at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and then making an album, obviously. Um, So to see him do the stuff, a lot of it's with JV, who's also a very frequent collaborator of nothing nowhere like we all know the song uh the lyric and hammer me and jay on the beat that's a bot now mm-hmm. it's been really entertaining to see jv uh not only feature his beats and production with gucci's music but they're like best friends like we got to bro down with them at the portland show jv is tall he's taller than me really dude, dude's gotta be like six five six six like holy shit uh, he also has a acting role in the high school music video uh celine you like that song right i do i i really like high school hey uh, Mitchell, what's your experience been like digesting Gucci this week and in the past? Well, you know, I feel like as long as you add a little bit of salt, it's got plenty of flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw, partner. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> My other standout tracks for this album are definitely going to be Catch-22. Uh, won't let it end with Softar. I thought it was so cool to see Gucci do a do a you know a collab with one of his previous collaborators. I actually really, really like his, uh, you know, his EP he did. With Soft Heart, you know, the good five track that's got like all the good bangers on it. Uh, Soft Heart sounds great on the track. I'm excited to hear the one with with Soft Heart. I love Soft Heart. Yeah, yeah, we should play that one at the end. Yeah, great idea. Fuck yeah. Um, Expectations, though, probably my second favorite. It was the last single to get released, and it really does, to me, this sounds like a top 40 hit. Um, We joke on the show that once, you know, that single High School came out, Gucci went really pop. He went very pop. Uh, obviously signed to Epitaph Records with, you know, Lil Lotus and Smart Death and many other, you know, cohorts of the sad rap scene. But, dude, we're talking, this is Epitaph fucking records. Mm-hmm. We're talking. That's cool as hell. A day to remember. Fucking alkaline fucking trio. <laughs> and there's so many, like, hardcore, metalcore, and punk artists in that label. And the fact that, as we say on the show all the time, sad rap and, like, you know, sad R&B, this is the new punk. This yeah. is kind of the new punk all the time. And um, I literally cannot wait to see Gucci headline uh, in Portland again. His live show is great. Uh, one of my other favorite tracks by Gucci is actually uh, Do You Want to Be Mine? Because the guitar sample is actually the guitar lick Spanish uh, Sahara by the band Foles. There's mm. a band called Foles that mm-hmm. they're kind of like a math rock. Very, yeah, I, I know a little bit of Foles. Very proggy math rock. And they just do some really cool shit as far as like having cool guitar textures, big choruses, but then like really intricate uh, music that kind of makes you like you know want to like listen to the album multiple times uh this album all the way through pretty good uh not to talk shit to our homie convoke uh, me and celine love convoke but i was not a fan of the the high school remix because I, I love convoke i love his lyrics love his voice but i feel like the the timing of that feature for convoke came up kind of weird on that track and i was like eh, not trying to be a hater um you know the emo r&b scene is known for 808s lots of 909s I like that they're doing just more producer stuff for these artists. Uh, Cause you know, like one thing we can all agree on at this table is when they do that shit where it's just like, it's the fucking like clicked in like hi hat. It's just like the click, 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 click. And it just sounds like super, you know, like phoned in and cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like all these big, like bigger studio beats, West coast style beats, they do a lot for the record. And then just all the features are great. Uh, hearing soft heart do a song with Gucci was really cool. Finally getting my dream wish come true of seeing Nothing Nowhere do a song with Gooch has been pretty fantastic. Uh, as we knew on the show earlier, we had Gooch-tober when uh, Gucci Highwaters was initially featured mm. as our Artist of the Week. Go listen to that. 
that episode is a part of the March and Mitch show, obviously. So follow us on all major platforms and check out that episode. I'm excited to see where the future goes for uh, Morgan and, you know, what the, you know, landscape of the music scene is going to be like with 2021 and dealing with COVID and all that shit. Um, I really like listening to even his older stuff uh, from post-death. I know like all his fans like beg him to play post-death. But uh, my favorite Gucci memory to conclude our music segment this week is going to be seeing him uh, co-headline at the Hawthorne Theater in Portland and like fucking closes the set with I'm so sick of this. And it went so damn hard. When you listen to this stuff on your earbuds, it's like, okay, cool. This is like sad boy music. Okay. Mm-hmm. But when you see it like live, they just take that shit and they just max out and compress mm-hmm. everything. So like when the chorus dropped, we were all like, just like yeah. everyone's dancing, have a having a good time. I'm a grown ass man. And like, I just went in the mosh pit. I got owned instantly. <laughs> I mean, like I, those kids probably would not have stood a chance if I was sober. Let's be real. <laughs> you know? Nothing's, nothing's stopping me from some controlled violence or, or legal pushing in most cases. Alex has entered the ring. <laughs> Fight! Sweet. I'm going to be the next DLC after Sephiroth and Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gucci Highwaters is a cool generational talent. Please check out his new album, Joy, which stands for Jokes on You, a reference to all the people that doubted him and all his haters. Good good job on, on giving them the fucking finger. Gucci Highwaters. That's on Epitaph Records. Gucci Highwaters is performing artist Morgan. Check him out on Epitaph Records. This is the March Mitch Show with Celine Sanspon and Mitchell Herring. And it's snowing. This was a great day. Yeah. It was good. It's time. cold out. My hands were cold. It's mm-hmm. chilly. It's chilly. My I slipped in a puddle and my butt got wet. <laughs> really? <laughs> Welcome to the Northwest. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. It's that time again. We're going to head into the world of current events, culture, and action with our star, Celine Sanis Pond. You are the store correspondent. So let's let's hear a, a star feature this week. All right, all right, all right. I want to hear all. Give him the all razzle-dazzle. I want to hear all about Biden. Smell you later. <laughs> He's not Biden his time anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's here. He's real. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I am going to talk about Biden. And the last current events piece that I did, I believe, was the regarding the coup that was attempted. And honestly, you know, as much as I recognize that even though Biden is, you know, far away from being the candidate that I most wanted to see as president, you know, we've got tons of work left to do as a nation. I can't even describe just the feeling of relief I had when I woke up on January 20th. And I realized it was Inauguration Day and I checked the news. Fully. And not World War Three, <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I checked the news fully expecting to see that there had been some type of attempted assassination or some, you know, bombs were found. Some Something terrifying. Right. You know? Oh, God. And instead, everything went off without a hitch. There were no issues. And just the sense of peace of now we're going to return to just the normal type of shitty politics <laughs> instead of the, oh, God, what did the president tweet today type of politics. Literally. So I think that's one of the biggest things Biden's done so far is just be fucking normal. <laughs> he's just done normal president stuff he's since not, he took office. He's not as extra as Trump. Let's let's be let's right. Be like his first tweet after taking office just completely changed the tone of presidential tweets over the last four years because it was just thanks for letting me your, be your president. I'm excited to work for all Americans. You know, just run of the mill politician presidential bullshit. And it's so nice. I love it. The bar is so low. (laughs) But I just want to talk a little bit about what Biden's done since taking office, because he's done actually a lot. What's the scoop? And to be honest, a lot of it, I think, is basically just represents a return again to to normalcy in politics. The man is is a a career politician, so. Exactly. He's been doing this for like 45 years. President Trump was a TV star. Yeah, just a a silly person with no concept of how presidents work. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be nice to have some experience in the House. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, he was the vice president before, so he, you know, knows what the day-to-day looks like. He's competent. It's awesome. Uh, (laughs) So a lot of it is really just reversing stuff that Trump did that was just absurd or bad. Uh, I think obviously the most important thing is the removal of the Diet Coke button. Oh, of course. <laughs> right. So uh, have you now heard of this, Alex? Now it's going to be, he, he, he removed the Diet Coke button. But Is that like did. a water fountain that serves Diet Coke? <laughs> uh, close. So Donald Trump had, he specifically requested that this be installed, a little red button on his desk, where if he pressed it, then a butler would come with a tray with Diet Coke on it. 
How regal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the height of luxury. Yeah. Now it's a Pepsi. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> he can't have that red in the office. It's got to be blue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, one of the very first things that happened, and it is impressive how much goes into flipping the White House from one president to another, because it only happens in the span of a few hours. You know, Donald Trump moves out in the morning. Biden comes in in the afternoon. And in that time, they clean everything. They put all of the design to the new president's specifications. So one other thing they did is got rid of a picture of Andrew Jackson that was hanging in the White House. And Andrew Jackson is arguably one of the worst presidents we've ever had. He uh, ordered the Trail of Tears and a bunch of other just blatantly horrifying policy. Mm -hmm. Trump requested him in a portrait in the White House for some reason. So that's been replaced by Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) But yeah, so they flipped everything. And now, you know, Biden has kind of set the tone as far as what the the Oval Office looks like. I'm glad he chose Ben Franklin. Hey, Ben Franklin was a thief, though. Oh, Ben Franklin was also a silly person. He also spent all of his time whoring in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm stacking Benji's in. I put that I shit on everything. I, I don't put think, that shit on <laughs> I don't. I don't think anyone in, in back in those days had any real uh, moral value. That I think we have the uh, pretend images that we uphold, but I think pretty much everyone back in the day was pretty much just garbage. Just, just slimy, slimy man. Slimy yeah. humans. Yeah, there wasn't like any law and order to keep you away from, you know, misogyny or what do you call... Um, uh, when you sleep with other people's wives, adultery. Yeah. Those things were just like, oh yeah, no, seriously. We, we think that Benjamin Franklin is so cute. Cause he was like, ho, 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 a penny saved is a penny earned. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> maybe you should have saved your pennies on not sailing to Paris specifically to cheat on your wife a bunch, yeah. but okay. <laughs> Could have avoided the, syph- the syphilis. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. He did have syphilis. I believe you're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I digress, but the more consequential stuff that Trump has done is is pretty cool or not Trump. Biden. Ah! Got myself all turned around. One of the biggest things is he has made it very clear that he sees COVID as a legitimate public health crisis and national security concern. Impossible. It's amazing. He's he he listens to scientists and then just does what science says is good. It's cool he so he's basically you know first of all just you know verbally acknowledged that he sees it as as a real issue that we need to be addressing second of all he's made moves like rejoining the world health organization which trump left in the middle of covid covid because they kept being like hey tell your people to wear masks all right right so we've rejoined the world health organization and he's also done a lot of work basically to create a a council that's going to be, first of all, branded as national security. So it has all the power that kind of comes with national security. And second of all, it makes it so that they're able to coordinate things like widespread testing, being able to track outbreaks, as well as vaccine distribution, which became a huge problem under Trump because his administration lied and said that they had a stockpile of vaccinations ready to be shipped out mm-hmm. for the next round. And that was false. Why would they lie to us? Well, yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump is a lying liar who lies. So that's a big part of it, I think. That motherfucker. So uh, also funny enough, he's not also kicked out of the like old president's club. Basically <laughs> all of the old presidents were like, we don't want to hang out with you. They all go bowling on Sundays. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. No, it's like it, it's kind of understood that once somebody is no longer a president, they kind of get to be in a club with the old former presidents. Wow. And it's like, you know, we'll, we'll all go have dinner at Jimmy Carter's house. Yeah. I don't think that's how it works, but yeah. So Trump made it clear that he wasn't interested in joining them. And basically the resounding response was good. Yeah. You weren't invited. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's a lot of good stuff. Um, outside of COVID, another thing that he did that basically just kind of brings us back into the modern Western world is that we've rejoined the Paris climate accord. So again, acknowledging that climate change is a real issue that we need to resolve. Mm-hmm. He's also done things like uh, an executive order to provide federal protections for sexual orientation and gender identity, which is not something protected in every state. Yeah. So, you know, in states like Arizona, you can be fired because your employer doesn't like gay people and you're gay. Yeah. That's no longer the case because of this order. Wow. He has extended protections for DACA, the program for uh, children who were brought to America before they were, uh, you know, under the age of five. And have lived here since. So protections for those people who aren't citizens, but have lived here their whole lives. Mm. Uh, he canceled the border wall, 
my uncle Mel is fired. <laughs> Wait, was they still working on that? Yeah, no, my, I was telling you the other day, my uncle Mel, yeah. his, his job as a, a miner. Smell you later. Mines, <laughs> Mel. Right. And he luckily expected it, but he was, he and all of his colleagues were very suddenly yeah. told to go ahead and go home. Did they even, did they start building like, oh, they've been building it. My okay. uncle Mel has been on the border. Okay, that's what. Okay, this whole time, yeah. Uh, so we are just going to have a half-empty wall, half-built wall. Yeah, they're going to build <laughs> a Six Flags. <laughs> I was going to say, right? <laughs> Good lord, it's just one long line. That's it to get get to the ride thing. Just to get on top of the wall. Yes, and then you just walk across the wall and then back down. And there's concessions. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, sponsored by Pepsi. <laughs> but and then the final things that he's done that are just big, big moves towards kind of just setting the stage for an overall pro somewhat progressive administration is that he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, which under Barack Obama in 2015, he vetoed construction on the Keystone pipeline, the one that runs through North Dakota. Uh -huh. And then Donald Trump proceeded to give it the OK. So Biden has basically, again, gone back and said, no, we're not going to build a massive pipeline through native lands. That's great news. And he also paused all student loan debt for the moment. So basically, hey. as long as COVID is going on, it's, it's, you know, you still would like to see it canceled eventually. But that's definitely good news. Does this, does this mean it's a possibility that through Biden, we might actually have free college for people like everyday Joes like me? I, I would say that it's it's becoming more and more of a possibility, particularly because our man Bernie Sanders is now the head of the finance committee. Yeah. And so that means that he has a lot of power to push financial agenda, which is what he's good at. Yeah. He's good at financial policy Badass. in favor of Americans. It's almost better this way because in, in Bernie's spot, he doesn't have to be term limited, does he? Right. It's, it's a Senate position. You can be in the Senate forever. I don't believe that there's any type of term limit on being in a committee or, or being the chair of something. I mean, he could just do he could just do that till he dies. Yeah. I mean, he's never going to die. <laughs> okay. All right, sorry. Long live the burn. Long live but, the burn. Yeah. So that's that's really good news. And it really does truly set the stage for cancellation of student loan debt and the possibility of if not free college, then some type of, of relief to college students yeah. trying to make tuition. Word up, yeah, because if the classes were free, you know, I would, I would probably sign up for a class or two. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be down. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it only benefits the workforce to have more people who know more things, even if you don't take your degree and do something in that field. Of course, it's better to have people who know, know more stuff around the board. That creates a dynamic workforce. So mm -hmm. it's good for everybody, in my opinion. Uh -huh. And one good thing to say about Biden as much as there's a lot of, of flaws with him as a politician, one thing that my dad pointed out the other day is that Biden has historically been able to read what the Democratic what the Dem what the Democratic Party is going towards, how it's leaning, and responding in turn. So basically, right now there's a big push for the Democratic Party to become more progressive and enact policies like free college. And Biden, I dig it. Biden is really good at representative democracy. He's good at being able to read what people want and going that direction, regardless to an extent of his own personal feelings. So I think that we've got a good, a good path forward. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably down. I mean, the dude hung out with Obama a lot. I was a huge Obama fan. Like my family like donated a lot of money to his campaign, especially my grandfather. Uh, and I really fucking think that, you know, we had Obama in office and if we had Joe kind of like shadowing for the whole time, like, I, I kind of dig this. Like, I don't know too much background on, you know, what, like, are how, what's the percentage that they keep their promises? You know, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> right. And it's, it's well, tough. It's tough to say, especially because politics, it's still politics. There's still going to be major players involved that are backed by dubious interests and things like that. And the other thing to consider and something that's kind of tying up things like the, the $15 minimum wage and the $14 stimulus check that have been proposed. Word. What's tying that up is the fact that while we have, a, you know, we, we have a majority in the house, we have a wafer thin majority in the Senate, meaning it's literally 50, 50, okay. 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. And Kamala Harris as vice president is the tiebreaker. And so that means that basically, even though the Republicans are technically not in power in the Senate, they still hold a ridiculous amount of power in the Senate, which means that if the House passes something that's great, like they've actually proposed the $15 minimum wage bill, as well as indicating support for the $1,400 stimulus, 
if it goes to the Senate, then we've got to get creative to be able to actually do anything because the Republicans still have power. Mm-hmm. Word up. My question for your feature this week is just from someone you know who, who used to be in debate and stuff. Uh, $15 minimum wage. Do you feel like that's like just kind of not realistic or too good to be true? Or do you think that Joe Biden and the people in Congress can actually make that pop? I think it's not. <laughs> I, not, not only do I think that it's realistic, I think it is not nearly enough. I would say that based on, first of all, you know, the average rent in America is around the neighborhood of $1,200 for a single person to be able to make rent in a month, you know, taking into account, like you've got to pay for other things too. They would need to be making in the neighborhood of like 40 bucks a month or an hour. Oh shit. Yeah. So it's 40 bucks. That's mental. Yeah. If we take it as the the traditional breakdown of your housing should be one third of your income. Oh, okay. Yeah, then if one third of your income is roughly twelve hundred, mm-hmm. and that's your your housing, then the hourly amount you need to be paid in a forty hour week is roughly forty dollars an hour. Yeah. So way. and also this this bill that they've put forward is again I think just not nearly enough because it's not an instant change. It's we're going to gradually increase federal minimum wage to fifteen dollars over the course of five right years. <laughs> It's already on track to be that way anyway in certain places. I mean, well, no, technically not, though, because federal minimum wage has been stuck at $7.25 for oh, like... Oh, okay. Federal God, minimum I think wage. since like the 80s. Yeah, federal minimum wage. Okay, but then places like Oregon, we've got really high minimum wage. Right, because That's Oregon... I like it here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, whereas a- Arizona, like insane. it's like eight bucks yeah. is their state minimum wage. Yeah. Um, and just one last... Do I have time for one last thing? I, I can cut it if we need to cut. You're fine. Okay, so one last thing is just to touch on the $1,400. So even though that's something that's been put forward and Biden has said, yeah, I'm on board because it basically represents what the Democrats wanted, the $2,000, and instead we got 600. So they're like, let's let's make good on this. But where we're at right now is that senators on both sides are saying that we should wait until we can determine who truly has need. So wait until we can say, okay, so if you've been out of work for this long or you're making this amount right now, then you can have money. And that's just fucking stupid. Uh, Obviously, we need money right now. And the people who need it need money right now. And waiting so that we can do a bunch of mumbo jumbo math to to see who gets to have it is just silly. And my my friend Audrey kind of pointed this out. It's like we can always go back and tax the people a little bit higher who didn't actually need money. You know, people that have been making good good money this whole time, give them money now and tax them later. It's fine. But give the people who need money right now money right now. So th- I think we're more likely to see the $15 minimum wage over the, the next five years be passed than see the stimulus anytime soon, honestly. Word, yeah. word. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much for giving us the scoop with uh, Joe Biden's inauguration. Uh, shout out to Fall Out Boy, who apparently played at the, the We The People concert. Yeah. Which must have been pretty fucking sick, because dude, if you listen to Fall Out Boy's greatest hits album, take this to your, take this to your grave. No, 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 no. The bet, the greatest hits album by Fall Out Boy is called Believers Never Die, and that is a great fucking album. That is like all straight bangers. Hell yeah! You're also, literally. Amanda Gorman, a twenty-two-year-old poet, read her poetry at inauguration, and it is. Oh, hey, we're talking about this. Yeah, yeah, it is. Amazing. She is an incredibly talented young woman. So lots of good stuff to watch from the inauguration and outside of the political circus. I think it's really cool that they usually elect like a poet every year to just do something. I like I love Americana, you know, just like culture growing up in America, the suburbs, diners, drive ins, (laughs) all that jazz. The good parts of America are okay. I love Midwest emo. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Ohio and Indiana for Midwest emo. And thank you, Celine Santos Palm, the star of the show, for your cool segment about Joe Biden <laughs> and current events happening in and around yeah, our nation's what's capital. What's cooler than Joe Biden? Uh, Fourteen hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, like me and Mitchell, go, go, go get some swag. See us pull up with the drip to the next podcast. Excellente, excellente. Or just go to the car dealership. I think we're just going to go to the car dealership <laughs> for Bernie swag. Well, no, I mean, like we should we should go like help each other shop for cars. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I don't. I don't trust car salesmen. Oh, that's, let me ask her. Uh, Wait, speaking of Bernie swag, did you guys hear about the sweaters? Yes. <laughs> what? So you know the Bernie meme of him in the chair with the mittens on. Yeah. So he actually took that that photo and put it on a bunch of sweaters and sold them for forty bucks a pop. Donated the entire Beautiful. proceeds to Meals on Wheels Vermont. Meals on Wheels, yay! That's great. I, I love that charity. I would be furious if I was that photographer and I didn't get the money. 
<laughs> fair enough. I mean, they've got a job. That that's their job is to take photos. Oh, well, okay, that's fair. That makes sense. It's not like some like kid who was just like Bernie Sanders kicking and then became the meme. Internet's fucking wild, dude. We're 26 days in the January, and that's already like the most memed image. Everyone's slapping Bernie on like pop punk albums, emo but, albums. But <laughs> what if it was planned? What if this was a part of Facebook's intention to democratize the oh. population? Whoa. 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 <laughs> I feel like me- things that are memeable tend to have a you know, a good connection and correlation to popularity and success sometimes. Who's making these memes? Ooh, though? maybe sometime I'll talk about the the way that memes have actually really influenced politics in the last few years. Facts, yeah. Word, yeah. My only supporting example is like, dude, like Mr. Brightside, we were talking about Mr. Brightside's been mm-hmm. on the charts for like fucking 20, right. <laughs> 20 15 years in like the UK and parts of Europe. Yeah. And it's the most memeable song ever. Like every fucking lyric from both fucking, yeah. both verses, chorus. Oh my God, that shit cracked me up. Okay. Very cool. Thanks, Celine. Yeah. I like your topic. Thanks, man. I like your topic. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> get, get it? Get it? Top ick. Because you're wearing a, a cool jacket. Oh, I thought you were talking about my boobs. No. Jack, okay. Your sweater. Yeah, my jacket is awesome. Yeah, your top ick. My topic. Okay, I'm done. It's a hot topic. You got eyes for style, Mitch. <laughs> I got eyes. I got ears. I got a mouth. No will to live. So, me too. Welcome to the sad boy end segment. It's time for some cinema slang. Cinema slang brought to you by your running producer, sad boy extraordinaire. Uh, this movie is traumatic to say the least. Tusk is, um, well, you guys saw it. I mean, this movie itself will bring fear. It's a fucking movie. It is something. <laughs> this, this movie Yikes. looks at fear in the face and fear runs. Right. Fear does not fuck with this film because this movie is straight. Fear's like, you're not putting me in a fucking walrus suit. I'm out. (laughs) This movie is nightmare fuel. Hey, Google, show me fate's worse than death. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The wiki on this is Tusk is the 2014 American comedy, and I'm putting comedy in quotes, horror film written, directed by Kevin Smith. You heard it right. Jay and fucking Silent Bob made this fucking nightmare mask. Kevin Smith, you bastard. I want that hour and a half of my life back, and I want the dreams to stop. Put that shit in my hand. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, Kevin Smith uh, wrote and directed this movie based on... So he's got a podcast. Go go him. It's called Smodcast. Lazy writing as usual, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) The film stars Michael Perks, Justin Long, Haley Osment, and uh, Genesis Rodriguez. The film is the first in a Smith's plan, True North trilogy, which is, I'm guessing, true stories based in the North, Northwest. Hmm. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. I want to watch more. Well, yeah. I, I don't think he's released any ones, uh, but oh, okay. this one. But this one. It's uh, got its own cinematic universe. Ugh. Tusk is, uh, had its world premiere at Toronto International Film Festival before it was released on September 19th, 2014 by A24. The film was Smith's first major wide release since Cop Out in 2010. So it's been a minute. I mean, he he's you you know Kevin Smith's um history. He started indie with like no money. He almost went bankrupt filming the first clerks. Uh really? Yeah. His his finances for clerk, like he like invested his last dollar into making that film and it was not a big budget. So Kevin Smith is self-made as far as I've ever seen, didn't come from wealth, but he definitely made a movie, hired his best friend who uh plays, you know. Jay in most of the movies who really dealt with like a lot of drugs and like the story between the two of them is amazing because like Kevin like never gave up on his buddy who had like a major heroin uh, problem and he had no really? acting experience in Jay and Silent Bob. I'm getting on a tangent now but uh, I love Kevin. No, I like it. This is a good tangent. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, Universal when they were producing Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back um, they didn't want to hire him or maybe it was the first Jay and Silent Bob Whatever it was, uh, but they didn't want to hire him because they were best friends. And, and Smith is like, "No, just show up and do the thing." And and you right. know, so he had like no dude, acting they, experience, no, but did have. They a massive told him problem. no five times. He wow. he he went for the role five times, and they literally were like looking for anybody else. But Smith's like, "No, just keep going, just keep going, keep doing it." And and that's the kid that's best friend. I love the, Jason the movie, right? so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, he fucking did. He got the job, and so through basically uh, Kevin's. Smith's sheer will, 
uh, and, and reluctance, you know, they almost had to shut down filming on the set because, um, like, uh, Jay was falling asleep in his trailer, like high on heroin. Mm-hmm. It was a shit show. So Jay and Silent Pipe Strike Back didn't almost get made because of, uh, drugs incarnate. Drugs are bad. Okay. They're just drugs <laughs> breaking hearts. Mm-hmm. But back to our topic at hand, Tusk is the polar opposite. If Jay and Silent Bob is the comedic, lighthearted fun with uh, dick and fart humor that you love, this movie is the evil twin version of that. Because, god damn it, essentially this is, you would scare, based on true story. How, how true? Don't know. Listen to the Smudcast for the details, but honestly... Long story short, they're, uh, the main actors are a couple of podcasters, and they they what they what the click they claim is the Not-C Party. N-O-T-S-E-E. Why would they brand so that bad. as them? That's like, why? Lazy writing as usual, Smith. <laughs> it's, god damn it. Uh, <laughs> so yes, these two, uh, Haley Joel Osment, I See Dead People, is also in this as the co-host to the, uh, what's it, Jason Lee, Justin Lee? What's his name? Justin Long. Justin, Justin Long. Yeah. Long. So Justin Long, uh, Haley Joel Osment. They are the uh, podcast stars of the film. Let, let, if we just kind of jump into the overall, I don't want to saturate or, or kill the movie for you, but I will just spoil the shit out of it real quick. So uh, they are, he's a terrible person. They, they really ramp up the fact that uh, Justin Long is an evil son of a bitch. Not evil, but he's just a narcissistic asshole. His role is douchey. Yeah. 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 He's got douche vibes. Yeah. And so it, they just play up the fact that he gets what's coming to him. And so he travels to Canada. And uh, he was going to interview a kid. They're the YouTube. They're YouTubers, basically. So they interview YouTubers, kind of like a Tosh point thing. Mm-hmm. They go find kids and interview them. And this kid cuts his leg off, and he goes to interview the kid, and he finds out when he got the kid offed himself. So he's left without his story. He's in Canada, doesn't really know what to do. Ends up at a bar, sees a flyer. The flyer is a man uh, advertising a room, and there's some weird specifics but it's a intriguing thing so he reaches out to this old man uh goes to the place and that's where the nightmare begins ultimately the nightmare i believe it's uh genesis no it's not genesis rodriguez is it fuck it could be michael parks i think think probably genesis rodriguez is probably the girlfriend yeah i say michael parks is the guy who plays the creepy old man um yeah 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 that so anyways long story short he drugs him cuts his leg off and then slowly turns not them, worth free drugs. <laughs> <laughs> slowly turns the man into a walrus, and I don't think I have the darkness to describe the horror that is this this tragedy or this this transition because it's such a level of fucked that I don't even know how to put it into words. Because just imagine, I could paint you the scene. You should just go watch the movie. It's on Hulu. But fuck me, fuck me dead. It's uh, imagine waking up. You drank some tea, you went to sleep, you fall asleep, you were drugged. You wake up, you're still drugged, you're missing a leg. Pretty bad, right? Now you're sitting face to face with the man who drugged you and cut off your leg. And he's still pretending things are fine. I still hear Justin Long's screams in that scene. Oh, yeah. Like, that wasn't even, like, acting. Like, he was actually just fucking terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So he cuts his leg off. Then later that night, they're having dinner, and and the the old man in the wheelchair reveals... He's actually not a cripple. He stands up, walks across the table, smacks the shit out of Justin Long, and uh, and then Justin Long realizes in how much shit he's actually in. That is some mental fucking. He did shit. not realize till then how fucked he yeah. was. Because up until then, he still has he's buying onto the hope that this man's just crazy. But like you know, he's a crazy cripple old man. Like how harmless can he be? But then the man reveals he's not crippled. He is absolutely insane, and he is so much more fucked than he thought. And he just starts screaming and screaming. And the man just slaps him across the face. And then he starts screaming with him. Oh, he, mock, he mocks yeah. him. He mocks him. Continues to drug him. He then loses another leg. And the next scene that we see with the surgery, this man is... Uh, maybe I should talk about the walrus aspect of this. Because we've mm-hmm. been talking about walrus. So the man himself was uh, shipwrecked. Uh, he was an old sailor. He, in the story, reveals some very, very, very dark stuff that happened to him as a child. He was orphaned, got put into an orphanage. The government then shut that down and then flipped it to an insane asylum. 
And then they did terrible things to the little boy, who is now the old man. And the old man is pretty much Goo Goo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> he is completely off his rocker. So He's seen some shit. <laughs> He's seen some shit that we could all admit that we don't need. Go watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, go watch the movie again. I, 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 mean, I could just continue to tell you the story. But uh, even if I do, the thing is that even if I do spoil this for you, it, it's still going to fuck you up. It's still, there's nothing I could say that could prepare you for this. No, yeah, no. So long story short. I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't take or drink or eat things from strangers. That's the lesson. Good policy. Not just in bars and restaurants. Everywhere. Yeah. You show up to an, a, a random person's house that you don't know and they offer you something to drink, say no. So are you going to explain the walrus thing? You know what? I we just like kind of cut off. On yeah. Yeah. I don't think I need bad. to. Yeah. I don't think so. All right. Fair enough. I mean, what's the point? Go watch the movie. Yeah. Really, I can't do it justice. It's visual terror. It's visual terror. <laughs> it's great movie. As much as I was like, oh my God, I hate this. It, it was great. Mm-hmm. But whew. there's a lot about this. I know we didn't even get to the part with Johnny Depp. <laughs> right? <laughs> we don't even get to the Johnny Depp this part. This is actually the first time you're even mentioning him. I know, right? The, yeah, Johnny Depp. Is in this. By the way, Johnny Depp's in the film. He's not even listed on the film list um, on on Wiki. That's Challenge the, yourself to watch the movie and just try to guess when Johnny Depp appears. Yeah, it is kind of. It's also well. The funny story behind that is that it's because that Johnny Depp and Kevin Smith's kids go to the same school. So when he was trying to cast the role for, uh, uh, I, I won't say his name because then I'll give it away. But uh, when he was trying to cast the role, um, he literally like, there's no way he's gonna say yes to this, uh, but I'm gonna ask anyway. And then Johnny Depp was like, yeah, sure, I'm down. And like there was like a two-week window because he was like rapping, filming for Pirates or something. And then he had something else coming the other way. So and just uh, the turnaround between him and the Pirates. Cast. Dude, it, yeah, he's like they filmed it in like two weeks and are like less than two weeks. And so like they just like made it work and he was super flexible. And he's just like, let's not kid each other. Like Kevin Smith said to Johnny Depp, he's like, let's not kid each other. Like we both know which way this favor's going. <laughs> And uh, you're just inciting that clearly Johnny Depp is mm-hmm. just A-list and he's helping Kevin Smith out. But it's just like, that's how nice of a guy Johnny Depp is. He does just seem like a like, that's person. I think people don't understand. Like, well, the poor sh- bullshit that's going on with him right now. Like, he didn't have to do that movie. Not at all. He just could have said no. But, like, he was being nice. Like, there's nothing to gain for Johnny Depp by being in this movie. There's nothing at all. Right. This weird movie that there's <laughs> no way it, like, it's, it's made just, anyone a whole bunch of money. Yeah. Actually, it didn't do terrible. I mean, it, I think it had a budget. Uh, I don't know what the budget. The budget was uh, three million, but the bo- and the box office uh, didn't even pull. Barely pulled half that back. Or it's like one point nine million. Uh, so, bit of a wash. Mm. But again, yeah, three million dollars. That that's like Johnny Depp's budget on any given right. day. You, you know what I mean? So like, obvi- I don't. I think he did it pro bono, if I remember correctly. Johnny Depp just did that's the cool. just did the movie to have creative freedom and do something smaller and indie. And help uh, help Kevin Smith out, and yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking wild, man. Go did watch Mitchell. Them. How did you say you came by this this I movie? S- <laughs> oh, nightmare. God, God died that day, and <laughs> and Satan found me oh, alone. Oh, it was part of your your karmic curse. Yeah, I was left your alone. Your divine retribution just deserts. Beelzebub found me sitting cold in a quarter and said, "Hey, I have something for you." Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, no, I was literally just watching Netflix uh, alone, and I just stumbled. I saw that it was like a picture of the walrus, and I was like, "It's going weird." And then I looked at it, it said Kevin Smith. I was like, "Oh, Kevin Smith! Oh, Kevin Smith! I love Kevin Smith. Gonna watch this movie." And then like it starts out with Justin Long, and I'm like, "Oh, Justin Long! Oh, Haley Joel Osment! All their podcasts! <laughs> oh, their po- oh, this is so fun! This is so <laughs> fun! I do that. Oh, <laughs> I do that. That's me. Oh, oh, he's kind of a dick, but oh well. Ah, this is, this is so much fun, and it was super fun, and then it wasn't." And then it stopped being fun real quick. Yup. And yep. for the record, Alex Marchewski loves uh, meme photos of Haley Joel Osment with a small face. So in the comments and on the message boards, be sure to post lots of those for me because mm-hmm. they make me laugh sometimes. Anyways, I know it's a bit chaos. I don't know. This movie like, leaves me feeling sad, tired, and 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 just there's a lot unwell. There's a lot yes. to unpack in that movie. The screams, the screams of him at the end. Are are what children what children dr- wake up in a cold sweat sweat from? Man, I remember my life before I saw that movie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how blessed I was. Things were good. Things were good, and then I did that too. I'm sorry. 
like I said, uh, good stuff. Not a nostalgia trip, just a really good fucking movie. It's um, we had a great movie night. That was a good triple feature. Yeah, it definitely was. All right, guys, that about wraps it up for us. Anyone have any last two cents? You guys have things to say about the movie other than it rocked you to the core? Yeah, I think that really cut down the, the foundation of the Sunday scaries for me. Like that was some, <laughs> that was some mental fucking horror as well as just holy shit. What am I looking at right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy I didn't shit. know that walruses actually have a penis bone. <laughs> All and right. Now I do. All right. Good night, folks. <laughs> Get so lost in my thoughts Wander the streets till it's dark When it's 2 a.m. I can't sleep I'm losing my sanity I'm losing my clarity I can't see Life got a hold on my neck When I'm thinking of you I'll be thinking of death I get a bad best When everything is spinning Nothing's ever making sense Cause I know I can't fall, but I know it's there I complain and stay sane, it's all in my head Not like I'm grown anyways, I swear to make it work out, but I just don't get it But I won't break, let the bad in The sad in me, I won't let it The sad in me, I won't let it Try to make it work out, but I just don't get it I'm grown anyways, I try to make it work out, but I just don't get it.